Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Newsroom. We are this close to football. We are, what, two hours away. I'm, I know, we're excited. So Thank God. I know, right? Let's talk about where can we find you guys, Ashley and Mike, who are beloved guests today. I don't know what adjective to use. I'm just throwing words together in my head right now, but... Ashley, where can we find your work? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ashley with two A's underscore Marie. Um, You can follow the Undroppables on Twitter. Um, A lot of my stuff is posted there. I run their TikTok account. I think that's one of my favorite things I do. It's fantastic content, by the way. It's one way of turning my TikTok addiction addiction into content. So you could follow me there. It's a lot of fun content. yeah, just stay tuned on there. I have some articles coming out. I have some other stuff that's coming out soon. So, yeah. And Mike, where can the people find you at? I know you're a man of many trades. You write about <laughs> you write about everywhere, man. Everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I am pretty th- uh, spread out. Uh, RFL Red Zone is my Twitter handle. Um, PFF Roto Underworld, uh, of course, Undroppables, and uh, you know it goes on and on and on, but. Yeah, it's wherever you you, you want to look for something. Just put in my name. I'm sure I'll pop up somewhere somehow. It's it's a list for sure. It's, it's all in the bio, though. All in the bio. Spencer, yeah. how you doing tonight? Got a... I'm great. I'm so glad to be back. Not dying yeah. in the heat, and I'm back on the show. It's going to be awesome. We missed you here. And, you know, Matt misses you, too. But Matt cannot join us tonight because he's pulling a 12-hour shift at work. He'll He'll be in the chat. We'll see him. But we have to get into the big news of the week, and it is about Jonathan Taylor and all the injuries happening around him. Mike, I know you're a Colts fan. I know Spencer is a big JT fan. I'm a big JT fan. It's gonna get. I think it's gonna get heated. I was looking at your Twitter feed. I saw where you have him in redraft. <clears throat> Me and Spencer are very much higher on him. So I guess Mike, you want to start us off because you are the residential Colts fan. Yeah, um, so I I do have him probably lower than most. Um, Right now I have him as an RB17. Now, that's not a fixed spot for me. I I do put my players lower than than most as far as uh, the natural ADP kind of thing because I always like to have that cushion for room. So will he be an RB17 the moment I draft him? Probably not. I'm probably looking at an RB14 kind of range, but – uh, you know, the, the main reason why I have him in as an RB17 is a couple reasons. Number one, Quentin Nelson. And that foot injury is that Quentin Nelson is Jonathan Taylor's main plug. I mean, when you see Jonathan Taylor run through a hole, it's because of Quentin Nelson. And without Quentin Nelson there, it's, it's going to be pretty problematic for him. The second reason is, of course, Carson Wentz. And so you're going to see a lot of defenses stack the box because if you really have Jacob Eason back there or, you know, maybe hope to God not Sam Ellinger back there, um, the, the defense isn't going to be threatened by them anyway. So it's it's going to be a lot of stack boxes. No Quentin Nelson to open a hole. And he's he's limited as a, as a pack, pass catcher. He can cast catch passes but that Naheem Hines is role. so you know you don't have the holes you're looking at stack boxes and you don't catch a lot of passes doesn't sound good doesn't sound good at all I, I see the chat going off in the corner I, I see Matt in there he's in there 
very quick. I, t- I told you guys. We miss you, buddy. We'll see you next week. But, Ashley, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor and the news surrounding Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson? Yeah, so I, I'm I'm pretty even with Mike. I think I don't have him as high as a lot of other people do. Um, it It's mainly because I think there's a lot of room for target share there. Um, I do think that with Quentin Nelson gone, like Mike said there, it, it it's one of two possibilities. It creates absolute trouble or it's going to be amazing. Like it's, it's, it's one of the two um, with Carson Wentz. I mean, I, I don't really, I think that Jonathan Taylor would have been a great outlet for Carson Wentz. I think seeing how, him being gone, I think it's going to decrease it a little bit, uh, Jonathan Taylor's production. Um, I think a lot of the hype from Jonathan Taylor comes from his like insane stats at the end of the season. Um, and I think that I don't know that he can maintain that um, throughout an entire season, and that's why I'm a little bit lower on him. And overall, I do think the injuries are going to decrease Jonathan Taylor's production a little bit. Got TWS fantasy in here Ooh. saying he was already a massive Ooh. overreaction. That's crazy wow. considering he finished as an RB1. I think it's fair to assume with nothing changing virtually other than Carson Wentz that uh, he could have done the same exact thing. But yeah, fair assessment, I, fair assessment. I, I don't agree with the massive overreaction, the massive part. Maybe an overreaction, but definitely not a massive overreaction. Uh, you could look back at, at his totals last year and you – he didn't do much. He had one 100-yard game up to week 10, and that was against Minnesota. But then after that, he he exploded. And as you guys and Ashley pointed out, it. but the, the negative aspect to that was the teams that he played. He played Houston twice. He played Jacksonville. He played Pittsburgh at the end of the season when Pittsburgh was already downhill. So it's like, okay, what can this guy do? Yeah, he's putting up a lot of yards, but the competition isn't great either. To me, anybody that that consistently puts up a lot of yards, it's there for him. So, I mean, he put up 253 against Jacksonville in in Week 17, and you can say, yeah, well, that was Jacksonville. Yeah, that was Week 17. But I'll tell you, any runner that can run 253 yards on a team, I don't care what week or what, what team it is, that is talent. So, yeah. I hate that narrative. Yeah, I hate that. that. Oh, you're really good against bad defenses, so you're naturally bad. I hate that. Like, there's tons of bad players who just play bad against bad defenses all the time. We'd want you to take massive advantages against those terrible defenses, especially in that division where he does get to play against those guys quite often. You know what I mean? So, it is a negative. I'll take it. I, I don't mind, like, not overselling how well he did last year you know what i mean you you realize who he played against but also don't just take it away from him because you still have to do it you still have to be good enough you know what i mean exactly and do it at a consistent level that he did it in it wasn't just a one week thing where it was just a fluke and okay well he he did great against his team but he didn't do anything else against anybody other team it was a week to week thing for him so I can I can get behind an overreaction, but a massive overreaction, I I, I just no. I mean, and, that, and that's not even being a homer as far as my Colts concerned. I I would yeah, I don't think massive is the correct word there. And I also think we forget that like even bad defenses, like 
these guys are at the highest level. Like even bad defenses, you still have great players. Maybe as a whole, there are players on defenses who who can stop Jonathan Taylor and couldn't last year. So like yeah. you, the bad defense excuse, and I've never liked that one because no matter how bad a defense is, you know that there is at least a good player on there who can stop that play and wasn't yeah. able to. Well, and it's football too. Like, yeah, obviously, exactly. you look at the you look at the lines. You know what I mean? I can't remember was it last year the Chiefs played against the Patriots without Cam Newton, I think, or something, mm-hmm. and the line was like plus ten thousand or something. But there's still a chance. You know what I mean? We've seen the games where that under, super underdog team will win. Their defense will have a good game. You know what I mean? So, like you were saying, Mike, it's totally fluky sometimes in each game to game. So him doing it for the whole longevity is definitely something that matters as well. Do you want to laugh? There was one line. um, It was the Jets versus Kansas City that had a line like that. And and Pat Mahomes wasn't playing. And I was like, all right, well, you know, it's the very, 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 very slim. And I put like $5 on it to win like 500. And I was like, it's $5. (laughs) Like, why not? Right. So they were winning like almost the full first half. And I was like, no way, no way. <laughs> and then it, it and then it's, it, they didn't happen. Obviously it was the Jets. Yeah. And then it sparked this like, well, <laughs> she said, and, this is Jets. The Jets oh, always, no. yeah, yeah. And the then it resident sparked this Giants whole, fan. It was the yeah, Jets. It was the Jets. Of course it didn't happen. And then it sparked <laughs> this whole, like the Jets can't always lose. Yeah. The, that when they need Trevor Lawrence and they can <laughs> win. Yeah. Yeah. That, that fumble, but Spencer, are you buying the dip? Because <laughs> yeah. I got to say that right now. Because your Twitter handle is the JTRB1, right now, bro. Okay, so after all this has happened, I, I had to do some research, right? Obviously, I'm sure everybody did, but I, I'm sure there was also some people who just like snap decided, Quentin Nelson's out. It's a huge deal. I'm out. You know what I mean? Which is fine. That's fair assessment. Like, you can't blame anyone for doing that. It's Quentin Nelson. But I wanted to look into last year and the offensive line struggles that the Colts dealt with. And they ended up, their starters, um, you could confirm this for me, Mike, but I was going off of like PFF or something. Their starters were Anthony Costanzo at left tackle, Quentin Nelson at uh, left guard, Ryan Kelly at center, Mark Glowinski at right guard, and Braden Smith at right tackle. Correct. Sound about about right? Okay, yeah. so they missed a total of seven games last year, and not including week uh, the playoffs. Because uh, Anthony Costanzo, I think, missed playoff as well. But um, my point being, Costanzo missed four of those games. And in those games, JT averaged 24 points per game, the four games he was out. Granted, it was against Houston, Pitt, Jacksonville. But one of the games was against Cleveland and week five, one of the weeks that you're talking about where pre, pre-week pre 10, before his, like, blow up, he still averaged 50 – or he still scored 15 fantasy points. Um, and to me, that means – which – you can correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not an O-line grader. But from PFF, he looked pretty good. You know what I mean? He plays a lot. He's a starter. He plays a lot of snaps. He looked pretty good. Um, he was out for all four of those games, and he didn't crumble. You know what I mean? Um, and that included that Jacksonville game that he blew up on. Uh, and then you had Brandon Smith out week 11, and he scored 15 against Green Bay. But then Ryan Kelly was out, so like to temper the mood, Ryan Kelly was out week 10 against Tennessee, and he only scored six points that week. So – you know, tough. So but. What, what you're saying is spot on. The The difference, I would say, in in why is, is not mm-hmm. so much because what Jonathan Taylor is a gap runner, and you're talking about the tackles. 
So true, 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 true. it's it it's more so I could see with Ryan Kelly being you know out is why that decrease in points is yep. because you have those gaps. You, you know, center guard and. Uh, without Ryan Kelly, that definitely affected him. And then yep. now we're looking at without Quentin, Quentin Nelson and, you know, maybe six to 10 points per game, you know, yep. is maybe his range. And that's just not going to be an RB, you know, especially in the first round, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, and I will say Quentin Nelson is obviously much better than, I mean, I, from my opinion, obviously not, like I said, an offensive line greater or anything, but better than Costanzo or Braden Smith. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's still definitely cause for concern. Um, but what else I wanted to talk about was this injury. You just said he could be out five, it's five to 12 weeks for both of them. Right. But right. we're talking about a 25 year old elite athlete. And then what is Carson Wentz? 32, 31, something like that. He's a little so, bit younger. I think he's 28. Yeah, I was 28. Okay. And he's been dealing with this issue for what we think is around a year and a half now, right? High school. Yeah, exactly. Oh, high school? Okay. It is an assumption that they, these, these both injuries are from, you know, anywhere from high school on that it could have happened. Because it's just a little bone spurs or whatever, right? So they just had to like go in and take them out, is how I imagine the surgery goes, if anybody knows. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Um, but they yeah, do a lot of cleanup. So it's like cleaning up any damage that could burn bone spurs could have caused, um, removing the bone spurs. Um, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's how yeah. I pictured it. It's like a little mm-hmm. fracture that gets worse and worse over time. You don't really notice yeah. it. And then like bone can start chipping off or, or breaking more, you know? Yep. So just, for me, like objectively looking at it, I have to imagine Quentin Nelson's timetable. If he gives the timetable to Wentz and Nelson the same thing, in my mind, that doesn't make any sense. Like five to 12 is already crazy. What a weird timetable. Right. But also, yeah. I feel like if you're talking about one or the other, Quentin Nelson's got to come back before Carson Wentz, right? Like at least by. 50% of the time that Carson Wentz would miss, in my opinion. Like, it's just how, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but that just makes sense in my head that the younger guy, um, who's definitely, to me, like a better athlete, you know what I mean? Like, he's bigger, but better, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I think he's going to come back sooner. And to me, Quinn Nelson is the main concern. I'm not that concerned about Carson Wentz being out. Because, A, we're talking about Jacob Eason total mystery could be completely terrible but he could also be awesome so in the range of outcomes i have it pretty similar like i'll put him at worse than carson Wentz in the majority of the time but there is that chance that he's better but um the thing to me is that i didn't like carson Wentz to begin with that much Mm-mm. so i wasn't mm-hmm. projecting that offense yeah. to be lights out to begin with you know what i mean like i was putting him around middle of the pack like maybe win the division you know it's not too bad um, but I don't think it's so much of a downgrade that it even impacts him much at all. And there's still almost no correlation between quarterbacks and fan- and running back fantasy points. You know what I mean? So like, I'm not worried of whether Jason Eason is eating that Jonathan Taylor cannot. So the big thing for me is Quentin Nelson coming back and I could totally see him back by week one at worst, like week three or four, which I can totally deal with 
that's not a huge problem to me personally. Um, when you're talking about Jonathan Taylor compared to these other guys, like if you're talking about not taking Jonathan Taylor over the first five to six guys, they're all kind of workhorses. They all get a decent target share. That's totally fine. But Austin Eckler, the guy who can't rush for more than 600 yards, Aaron Jones, who doesn't see more than a 60% snap share, um, Zeke Elliott, who's never been efficient in his life. Um, I, I just can't, even though Jonathan Taylor's without Quentin Nelson, I'm still taking him over those guys because I just don't trust them. Uh, even Derrick Henry, the wheels are going to fall off. I don't care what anybody says. He's an outlier or whatever. He's already an outlier. You can't, you know, you can only be an outlier so many times. And I'm not going to bet on him at, at what is it, ADP, like three, four, maybe. Three point like something. that's, that's too much for me. I can't, that's too much risk. Because if you, if you see someone not going top 12 in dynasty, but they're going top 12 in, in, in redraft as a running back, that means that like that guy's got to be getting close to falling off. So people are scared off. That means it could happen during the season. It's not always going to happen in the off season or at the beginning of the season or at the end of a season. You know what I mean? It's just going to happen at some point. You know, we saw Todd Gurley. I mean, Todd Gurley was already messed up, but beginning of the last season, he was actually on a tear. I think he was averaging like 14 points per game or something first five he's, weeks or six weeks. RB six through like, yeah, like, you know what I mean? It's just crazy. And, and we know his knees are messed up, but that still means people were like, Oh yeah, this dude's awesome. Like I'm still in, but then they forgot that he's getting old. He's got his bad knees. You know what I mean? And that's where Derrick Henry is. Never been injured, been able to handle a lot of load, but it's just can't, it can't happen forever. So I'm not, you know what I mean? I, I find it easy to find things where I can say, Oh, I'll take JT ahead of this guy because of this. Whereas what the only arguments against JT is a target share, which is kind of tough for me because it's true. Naheem Hines is a pass catcher. That's his role on the team. But also Jonathan Taylor, like you said, can catch passes. Whether or not they utilize him like that, you know, it's to be unknown, but it's within the range of outcomes. If they want to throw in the ball, they can. You know what I mean? And that's the thing that I, like if they want him to be in the whole time, he can be. Um, so he's still got more upside than Jonathan, or Derek Henry, in my opinion. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just tough. It's tough because... I've been preaching JT RB1 for since like January and this news sucks because now everyone's like calling me crazy for it. Whereas before they were just like, Oh, you're a little brazen. You know what I mean? But now it's like, dude, you're crazy. You can't have them there. You know what I mean? If I was going to give someone actionable advice right now, I would probably say like running back four, four or five, like probably behind Kamara. Um, and yeah, but for me, I'm still just taking JT at one because I just have to. It's just I can't be all in on a guy and then get pushed I can't get pushed off because of a guard or maybe missing. Did you see his Instagram post? To five weeks. I can't do that. His Instagram post says five weeks max. Like I'm gonna be back week one. That's what he's trying to do. I mean, I believe it. I believe it. Oh yeah. I don't know. If it was some other person, I would be like, oh, I don't know. But it's Quentin Nelson. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy. We also talked about in Clubhouse last night, now that both of them have the same injury, um, that there's a good possibility, you know, they're they're going to be uh, training together, to like rehabbing together. Rehabbing together. And yeah, sure. um, how that impacts, like, physical mental. therapy outcomes and mental, t- like, to get through it is significant like two of them working out together especially with the same injury we were talking about it in terms of how they do um like tbi recovery in groups and how they do um like group physical therapy and like va homes and with veterans and how that just 
overall can increase outcomes. So the two of the, and, and it creates competition, right? Like I'm going to get back before you are. So there's a good Perfect. chance now that the two of them are hurt together and rehabbing together that it improves their, their timetable and their recovery, both as individuals and, and, you know, together. Sure. Yeah. I mean, anytime you can get two guys or two, two people, regardless of, you know, together doing it, you know, going through the same process, it, it definitely, and I, I think you, you nailed it with, you know, just um, camaraderie and, you know, yep. and everything else. It makes that so much easier to deal with. Definitely does. Spencer, I'm on the same boat as you. RB4, I, it's for the brand at this point, kind of, but it's, you know. Four, God. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> you want to look at all my underdog best ball teams where JT was like. I have 78% like, exposure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm in like the 50s. Like, it's it's not good, but we got we got to keep with it. I think Quentin Nelson's going to be back very soon. Like y'all said, y'all detailed it perfectly. I don't think I need to go into any more explanation on that. But I, I think he will be, you know, primed for another late season breakout again, which – Last year, won a lot of people in our leagues. But there's another person that we're talking about breaking out, and that is Trey Lance. Trey Lance is, I guess, on the rocket ship to the moon at this point. He, he's been at, what, 13, 14 round ADP. He's shot up two, three rounds the past week, seems like. So what are your thoughts on Trey Lance? Ashley, you could lead us off. Do you think he's going to win the starting job over Jimmy G before week four or after? I'll, I'll just put that out as a day. Yeah, I, I I think it's probably right around there. I think that Jimmy G starts and, and Trey Lance gets at least a chance at starting. I don't know that it's going to be a constant starter, but gets a chance at starting probably around there. Um, yeah, he looks great. He looks really, really good. Um, but there's also reports coming out that Trey Lance, I mean, it, it's all camp talk. You can't put too much faith in it, but that Trey Lance is... Um, bettering jimmy g too um so I, I don't know how much i believe that um i'll coach speak camp talk but trey lance looks great um he would not be my qb1 obviously but i would take him probably as a qb2 in fantasy um i know it's a little bit of risk there but i think he does have a a great potential and a great chance to be a consistent starter by uh, you know not like I said, I don't think consistent by week four, but a little bit later than that. Um, so I would his, his his ADP did shoot up. So I think that's a little bit higher for me than I would have hoped for if I was in a draft, but um, probably a little bit lower than his current ADP. And I, and I would take him. Mike, Mike, what do you got for us on Trey Lance? Yeah, I, I think there's no chance that he starts week um, week one. Uh, I would they I actually did a study over the last 10 years since Sam Bradford was drafted with the first pick in 2010 and there really is no correlation between wins and losses for a first round pick they're either good or they're bad and there really isn't any kind of reason to start a quarterback rookie quarterback um, in in week one because the, the results vary and with the fact that Trey Lance has just turned 21, with the fact that he just had one year of college in a Division II uh, conference at South Dakota State, I, you know, he, it's great that he looks good in camp, but that's, this is camp. 
and uh, I, I I don't see them passing up on Jimmy Garoppolo in Week One. I now also the studies showcase that usually the first round quarterback starts by Week Four, so I, I do see Week Four if Trey Lance is really that good. Week Four would probably be the first time he starts. If not, then we might have where where we saw sort of last year with a couple quarterbacks where we saw two attack Viola come in here and there sparsely taking some snaps and then coming off the field. We saw that with Jalen Hurts with Carson Wentz last year where, you know, they he come in and take a couple snaps and then leave the field. So I, I do see that kind of process where they're like, okay, let's see what Trey Lance can do in this situation. Let's see what Trey Lance can do in that situation. And if they're satisfied with that, then Trey Lance becomes a starting quarterback. Yeah, and for me, the 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 looking good. Um, obviously, we've all seen the camp videos, but for me, the looking good comes from he has looked exceptional. Not even just through camp. I just think his talent. Um, the camp videos are great, but looking good more so in the in the fact that I think his talent. Um, you know, we there is a lot of crossover that that some QBs from college don't try and just transition over well to the NFL. And I think that his talent and, and who he is, I think he transitions over well. Um, so that that's kind of why I think he looks great, not just camp videos, but his talent can really take him far. I do agree. I was looking at his schedule and I almost accidentally dropped him in one of my sleeper leagues and I clicked on the phone to update the schedule. So he gets Seattle at home week four. I feel like, I don't know on that one. It's one of those iffy ones. Cause I don't know if you want to throw him out there against Seattle, but there's two arguments you have here. It's the, Hey, you spent three first round picks on a guy. You should probably start him right away to, Hey, you spent three first round picks on a guy. He's you should wait till he's 100% ready. And I was higher on Trey Lance than most. I think week four is, you know, around an appropriate date. But if Jimmy G goes longer, because we saw him lead this team to a Super Bowl, it's happened. I know Spencer's licking his chops over there waiting to say that. But <laughs> I, I just think that if Jimmy G gets on a roll, we could see, see Trey Lance later. You know, maybe it's a, a Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes handoff. I know people are comparing Lance to Mahomes already, which don't do that, please. But I, I, that's what I got. Sp- Spencer, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, you put it pretty, pretty good. You all did. Uh, week four, I, I mean, I totally agree. That's like the normal time. Obviously, your, your uh, research accounts for that. But this is just a different situation to me. This is a, this is when you have uh, Jimmy G, who is a totally capable quarterback, like healthy now, and and he knows the team. You know what I mean? Everybody loves him there. I just don't know a world where unless he's playing like complete dog shit, they take him out. I just don't. I don't know if that is going to happen. Um, so I'm in the camp that if the 49ers, and the 49ers are in this window right now, if they want to win a Super Bowl this year, they cannot start Trey Lance. If they, uh, maybe a game if like Jimmy's out, but then Jimmy's got to come back if they want to win a Super Bowl. I don't see Trey Lance winning a Super Bowl this year. And I feel like the 49ers want to win a Super Bowl. I don't know. I feel like they're right there in that window. It's like the Bears two years ago. They were like, we're ready. You know what I mean? But then, you know, the quarterback, Throw him out of the way. So um, I don't know. That's just my thoughts. If if Trey Lance does start though at any point this season, it's going to be absolutely insane. And if he ends up starting like say week four to the end of the season, I don't see a world where he doesn't finish like as one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy this year. And his startup ADP in Dynasty or his redraft ADP the following year is just going to be absolutely nuts. Um, so I don't 
hate like for dynasty purposes i don't hate buying in and waiting it out because uh, i think he is going to start eventually i'm just not sure about this year um but his cost has to go up i don't see a world where like he goes in for a game or two and he's terrible too and then they they're like throw jimmy back in and then trey lance just like rides the bench the rest of his career i don't think that's really a possibility so like i feel like if you buy in now you're probably good to go for dynasty redraft i really don't want to hit on him um i'll take him in best ball but then i'll just grab jimmy after like in round 20 or whatever you know what i mean so that's just kind of where i'm at uh with the lance jimmy thing i mean if what you said happens like he takes the job week four and you know absolutely kills it i mean we could be seeing him go as like the 105 106 in super flex startups next year like it wouldn't surprise me if he if he does that if that's one of the possible outcomes like i'm not saying he'll do that so he might be earlier i don't know if you'd put him over kyler or josh allen i feel like that'd be like the line if trey lance hits the highest of outcomes but i think people would kick josh allen to the curb so fast he just had like an amazing year last year and they're still not dethroning patrick mahomes some people have him at like 104 105 no, I think they would kick him to the curb if Trey Lance was that dude because he took so long. Josh Allen burned too many people. You know what I mean? That's how it is. It's like Clyde order to Lair. He'll never get back to where he was his rookie year in terms of ADP, in my opinion, because he burned him already. People aren't going to want to want him. Um, and that's just kind of like the main. I don't know if that's like the mainstream media or if that's like the consumer driving that. But I, that's just how it seems to be that you're. it's very hard to climb after you've been up there and gone down. Um, so for Trey Lance, he's starting really low. I think he could easily just sort of the top. But Josh Allen, I think they would they would let him drop real quick. That's just me. That's certainly an interesting take to hear because I, I feel like people I maybe it's just our fantasy like community, like you know, the Twitter community that is like so in on Josh Allen. You're you're probably right there with the general consumer media, but we have to talk about – I almost forgot. I, I have a little bullet point here. The the Giants brawl at camp. We have to talk about that. Ashley, you're a Giants fan, so I had, I had to put that in there. We also have to talk about Kenny Galladay's hamstring injury a bit. So, Ashley, start us off. What, what are your thoughts on Joe Judge and what, what happened over there this okay. past week? I gave Joe I, – I, I have liked Joe Judge. Um, I think that – yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. I think Joe Judge <laughs> – I don't even know where to start – Joe Judge needed to do that, right? Like, I feel like this team needs is the team one of those teams that needs discipline like that. Um, that all hell breaks loose the way it does. Um, there are people saying they have never seen a coach like the um the reporters and the people who are there who say that they have never seen a coach as mad as they saw Joe Judge that day. Um, I do think it, it was obviously the right thing to do. I have liked Joe Judge from the start. Um, in the first few weeks of him coaching preseason last year, um, they were towards the end of a practice, and he saw a couple things he didn't like, and people weren't listening. So he restarted the entire practice from um, step one. You know, like that. He he is a, a good discipline coach. He's one of those Belichick type uh, disciples. So I think that that's where a lot of that comes from. Um, my thoughts on the brawl is that. First of all, Daniel Jones, how, he he says he's at the bottom of the pile because he's a part of this team too. And I love that. But like, dude, don't get hurt. Like, you know, like that's and, – and the reports are that it was literally an entire team brawl, which to me is is crazy, right? Like it's like there was not a single person who wasn't involved. It was 
the entire team and like full actual brawl not just like a a pile it was like a full-on brawl so it does it does scare me a little bit It, it happened the day after i was talking about how i think that this team is going to significantly be a better because of this kind of transition period is is almost over and they're getting a lot more acquainted with each other um i think that this could stem that they maybe they know too much of each other or they just don't trust each other. And it's in the end. And that's the other, the other side of it is like, there's maybe there's something brewing in the locker room that they don't trust each other. I don't think that that's what it is. I just think it's camp and, and emotions run high and that this team really, a lot of these players have a chip on their shoulder that they like have a lot to prove. Um, not a huge fan of that, but um, I think that that's kind of where it, it stems from. And then the Kenny Galladay injury is, not what I was hoping to hear. Not even a little bit. Um, that hamstring kept him out a, a good amount of time last year. And hamstrings are like notoriously tricky um, that you make one wrong move and you're out for a couple of weeks. And I was thinking that Kenny Galladay being there is going to be the spark that this team needed. Having a, an, an alpha wide receiver, having, you know, an established person on this team, um, and, and just a guide to to make those catches when you need them. Um, so if he misses time, I think that that's a really, really big impact on the Giants' outcome this season. Um, I hope it's nothing serious and they're taking precautions just because it is preseason and we're still far away out. Um, and it doesn't seem like it's, like, too bad. There's no, like, you know, surgery or, or anything like that. Um, so I'm hoping that they're being a little bit cautious and, and preemptive and – sitting him for a little bit to to make sure he doesn't get hurt because because they need him that bad that's where it gets you when when you talk the team up and then they do something stupid the next day every time i was on regina's podcast and i was like yeah i'm talking the team up i was like this is exactly like i had great points i I said great things and i felt so confident and then the next morning i wake up to the giants just cleared the entire team to a brawl and daniel jones is at the bottom of the pile and joe judge is as angry as i've ever seen a head coach and i'm like great this is great it happens mike what are your thoughts on this i'm interested to hear them i i think you know, sometimes these are good things. You know, it's a mm-hmm. number one is a good thing that Daniel Jones didn't get hurt, of course. Um, but also, these kind of situations can build uh, camaraderie and togetherness, and it just sometimes you, you just need that ice to break. And once it's broken, then teams can really gel together and come together. So it could be a good thing um, out of all of this. I think uh, the coach handled it well, and you know, and now that's the good news out, out of the whole thing. Of course, as Ashley pointed out, the bad news is Kenny Galladay and the hamstring. Um, is he now the new Will Fuller? I, you know, who knows? But it, it's when you bring in Kenny Galladay and you pay him the money that you paid him. The last thing you want to see is him reaggravating the hamstring injury, especially because I think he's going to be very vital for Daniel Jones to get the ball downfield, uh, someone who can always separate, um, stack the DBs and, um, you know, do the, all take the top off the corner and all that kind of stuff. But uh, if he's, you know, hamstring, then he's definitely not going to be doing any of that. Yeah. Daniel Jones actually has like a really, um, it's something like 50, like 50 ish in the fifties um, range of uh, 
on target for throws over 20 yards and he just hasn't had those receivers to catch those balls um and and that's why i think we were all so excited for kenny Galladay because he can make those tough catches like we haven't had a person who can make those tough catches since obj was here right like he was another one of those guys that can make those tough catches and and kenny Galladay is another one of them and that's why everyone was like he can get downfield and make those tough catches like he is going to be an asset for daniel jones and then now you're the same sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, think it's crazy. This whole thing is crazy. I <laughs> want to know if it was positions versus positions. That's what I want to know. Was it all the tight ends were mad at the wide receivers? And then the running backs were like, bro, get off my tight end. And then the QBs were like, no, those are my wide receivers. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want to know. Was it positional? Like, that's how do you get the whole man. team? Yeah. 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 Like, how do you get the whole team to go against each other? Because, like, not everybody's got a dude they don't like. I mean, maybe they do. I don't know. But. I just I thought that not. was crazy that it was like the whole team. Um, but about the coaching thing, I don't know if y'all saw Robert Saley chimed in a little bit. And he was like, I don't I want to paraphrase because I don't remember the exact quote, but it was basically like, these are grown men. Like I'm not gonna punish them or discipline them like they're childs and or something like that, something along those lines. And I kind of agree with what he was saying, but also agree with what Joe Judge did because I think Saley's lived in a world and he's still kind of living in a world where Things were kind of easy for him. Like Shanahan really had his roots down in in uh, San Francisco pretty good, and in uh, in New York, like the Jets weren't that terrible. Like they totally just lifted up everything for for my man, and they they gift him Zach Wilson. Like I feel like he's had it pretty okay as far as like teams are concerned and like the culture. Um, but when you're talking about the Giants and you're talking about a team that's disgruntled, like obviously you're going to have to go about it different ways. You know I mean? There's different styles too, but at some point you have to like tell, let them know, like this isn't a game. I mean, it is a game, but like, it's not a game, you know? Right. Um, the Kenny Galladay thing, I think it's two to three weeks is his timetable. Yeah. I'm not, I, I mean, he'll play week one. I'm sure the biggest thing to me is like you said, Will Fuller, how many times is this going to happen during the season? Yeah. I think it's miserable. And I was laughing the whole time you were talking about it. you never had you haven't had a deep specialist. I'm like thinking in my head. I was like, who they had? Evan Ingram, okay, kind of slotty. Uh, Slayton, okay, not great. Um, Barkley, no, not really going down deep. And I was like, yeah, they have just had slot specialists their whole like Daniel Shepherd. Jones' whole career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's had to deal without Barkley for the better half of the last two years. So unfortunate, but. Um, yeah, I liked everything you guys said. I was just kind of like laughing and agreeing the whole time. It was great. Yeah, pretty. I'm pretty much in the same boat with you, Spencer, but I do have to shout out Joe Looney. I don't know if you saw the report. He did the sprints, then he quit. He retired. Quit. He was done. Dang. Literally oh. on the spot, it's like, I'm done. I do want to bring up Kadarius Tony. Oh. I really liked him at cost. This dude's been, he's the cheapest first round draft pick I think I've ever seen in my life. Like, I, I can get him in the last round of best balls. Like, for a guy who could literally be, like, a somewhat worse Debo Samuel, I'm buying that. Like, if they – to me, Kadarius Tony is – if they make a game plan for him, he could be really good. He's pretty athletic. You know what I mean? Like, he's done that before. They get him, like, touches in that in the red zone. He could be a guy who, like, really performs, but he's not going to be a guy who does it by himself. You know what I mean? He's not that guy. And that's fine. But buying in at, like, the last pick in your redraft league or – Last pick in a best ball, like 
just take a shot. He's a first round pick. Like he has DC at least for this year. Like I feel like he's a safe bet to be on the team. You know what I mean? And with Kenny Galladay in and out, you know, you're looking at a guy who's could be the wide receiver one on this team with Barkley back. You know what I mean? Like that team could be good still. And they're going to have to lean on the guy they picked in the first round. So he's too cheap to not acquire in my opinion. If he goes in one round before the last round, you can say no all you want, but last round of a league like just pick them up just grab them like i just yeah. can't think of anyone who is gonna give you more value from that spot yeah I, I would say late i i do like him late i'm not i won't draft him anywhere else other than late in my drafts um i really don't i don't even know if i have drafted him yet um i'm not the biggest fan um i've made that pretty public i i think i i gave the guy a lot of chances already and he just keeps I don't know. He's missed a lot of practice, um, being excused from practice, just not showing up to practice. Um, now he has COVID. So that that concerns me a little bit, especially with Joe Judge there and cracking yeah. down. Like, if you're not doing your part, you're not going to play under Joe Judge. Like, that's it. Like, he, he will you know, he'll boost everyone up one spot, so you're not going to play. Like, he, he is that type of guy. I think last year we had people play not play because they didn't show up to a team meeting like that like that's joe judge um so i think that if i don't want to say their character issues because i don't know what they are but if he doesn't step up more and show up to practice more um then it's going to decrease that value and you said wide receiver one i would say he could move up to wide receiver two because i think um chef is evan ingram i mean yeah. i'll put it behind evan, evan ingram chef yeah no, evan, like ingram, evan ingram's got like a great target share percentage over the years like and, and the dude's and not not getting targeted this year nubs for hands you it can't doesn't matter drops aren't sticky he will catch the ball this year don't give up i promise you uh, we've said that for like the last three years that he would catch no, this he'll year. Be fine. they want to keep throwing on the ball if he couldn't catch i promise no it's i really think sterling shepherd's gonna sterling shepherd's gonna move up like i, think I feel like Shepard's we've been saying that for the past three years like, I, I only heard that really for last year that he was gonna do as well and he he had an off year last year um not even by a crazy amount but i i have faith in chef this year i'm a big chef chef girl big so, thing is with evan ingram you're talking about fantasy the dude i think had one touchdown last year right mm -hmm. is that what he had like and he was still so. top 12 right or like right outside that's insane like almost every other tight end in the top 12 or near there has at least like four touchdowns like that's the only reason they're there you know what I mean? They're in that range. Kyle Rudolph too. Yeah, I, well, I actually like Kyle Rudolph too, which sucks. But I just don't see his target share going away. I don't see, I don't see Kenny Galladay's target share going up. I don't think he's going to be this dominant alpha, even if he's super healthy. Like he's not getting twenty five percent, in my opinion. Um, but then also Evan Ingram has just been like very stable with his target share. So I don't know why they would take it away, especially with the same regime as last year. You know what I mean? Like it would have started dwindling at the end of the season, right? But it kind of just been stagnant his whole career. So here's my tip on these Giants wide receivers. Once you're out on them, draft them. Because I just wrote about this in one of my articles. I was the biggest Devontae Parker fan ever. And then I hopped out on him. And then he, what was it, top 15 uh, season, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I did the same thing with Corey Davis. So that's just a superstition, but you have to do it. 
I, I, did, it, to... I did it with, with Slayton because I'm not really high on Slayton this year. Um, never really been super high on Slayton, but I took Slayton in the Scott Fishbowl, mostly because I was sniped on Shep. But um, then I was like, yeah, I don't like him that much this year. So I think not even just for fantasy. And I think now I have to take him because that's exactly what happens with them. And I've done that before where it's been Giants receivers that I'm like, no, not going to do well. And then they always do. And I don't have them in fantasy the biggest superstition I, I i hate it but i i think we have a fifth host from the chat if i'm seeing correctly spencer Matt, matt's doing the show from work in the chat <laughs> oh yeah yeah we, we miss you buddy but uh, we also have to mention real quick i just want to bring up Tariq Cohen or real quick do you guys have staken any of his backups he's not going to be back any Cleo herbert shares any who, who else am i missing damian williams Samai. you guys in on oh no that's that's a Bengals. I might be a little bit on Damian. Um, I'm not. I'm not so much on Tariq. I just think that's just going to be too difficult for him to overcome that injury. But Damian Williams could catch passes and is more of a runner, uh, so it, he's definitely going to be the backup. But uh, as far as throwing the ball and catching and those kind of things, I'm a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to avoid Tariq and go with Damian. Yeah, I was in the same boat. Um... I think that that would be I, – I don't really want to take the risk on Tariq Cohen. Um, I know he's a great player. He has delivered, like, RB3 numbers, um, like, 61% of the time, something around there. Um, so I know he's a great player. Personally, though, I don't think I would take the risk, but I do like the upside on Damian Williams. I fully agree. Spence, you got anything? Or are you just out on Bears running backs? Yeah. I mean, if Tariq Cohen was healthy at the beginning of the season, I would have this conversation, but like, right. he's still banged up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't, yeah, like, I don't care. Like, we're talking about, okay, what happened with Jeff Wilson? Jeff Wilson was like a guy who everyone took in like the last three or four rounds of a league as a dart throw because the guy would just score points if he's the starter. But now he's not being drafted at all. And he could play by like week four or five, but nobody cares. And that's the same thing with Tariq Cohen. Nobody cares. He's not playing. He's going to be on the waiver. You're not stashing Tariq Cohen. So um, same with Damian Williams. I mean, it's just we, we know what Damian Williams is. Like, it's about to be David Montgomery season. Yeah. So yeah. Version two. I, I don't see that. It depends on what you're talking about, Montgomery. Are you talking about RB6 where he finished? Or uh, are you talking well, about, like, RB22? RB1. I'm not drafting him there by any means. Why, why would I if I don't have to? But – he is the guy I target in in my best balls. He's the guy I'm targeting in like the fifth round in that running back dead zone. Mm-hmm. If I have to pick one of those, like Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Travis Etienne, David Montgomery, like I'm taking David Montgomery every time. You know what I mean? He's done it before. Like we said with Jonathan Taylor, sure, the last four or five games of last season, he played against easy, easy chops, you know, but I'm not going to knock him for it. You know what I mean? He plays against those teams every year. There's only 32 teams in the league. There's 15, or I mean, 16 that are bad. Like, He's going to play against a eight, seven, or eight of them a year. Like, he's still going to be money those weeks at minimum. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just I just wish they trusted him more. I mean, we saw what he did last year when Tariq Cohen went out and catching passes. And that, you know, that's why he jumped from an RB22 to an RB6 or four, wherever he finished. And yep. it's because he added that passing volume. And, and now, they're like, no, you know what? We're not even want that. We, we're going to bring in Damian Williams. We're going to still stick with three Cohen when he's healthy. So we don't want you catching passes. We just want you running the ball. And that's just going to kill his value. He's going to go all the way back down to like an RB20. 
you know, I could see RB five, six round, what you're saying that that makes sense to me, but I, you know, I just don't trust him. He's, he's the guy that's going to average, you know, 3.8 yards per carry and score, you know, maybe a little bit more because they actually have maybe a good quarterback or at least one back there, but I just, I just can't trust him. Yeah. My big thing too is with, with David Montgomery is that touches score fantasy points. And he's not going to get the most touches out of any running back this year, but he's definitely like in the top 12, in my opinion. Like we're talking about, you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Top 15. I'll give you top 15 at a minimum. That's what I, that's where I can cut it. You know what I mean? But anything below that, there's just no chance. And that means to me, he's probably finishing above top 15. I'd have to disagree, but that's okay. We can ever, or no, that's totally fair. It's definitely the passing volume that is what boosted him. And I, I don't know. I just don't see him taking it away for Damian Williams. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I just don't. If Damian Williams wasn't good before, why would he be good now? Why would they utilize him? I don't know. They paid him, what, 1.5 mil or something? Like, Yeah, yeah. He's not going to be a huge factor in, yeah. in that. I, I think he's he, he's in replacement of uh, Tariq Cohen until Tariq Cohen gets healthy. And then they'll put Tariq Cohen in there as yeah. their – passing down and then on top of that they won't have to worry about um well who do they have the backup court um the wide receiver was their backup last year at running back that they really Patterson. he's in a oh, yeah, yeah, Cordell Cordell Patterson. Patterson. yeah, yeah true exactly. true i didn't even think about him so they actually have a backup now to him so yeah it's it's yeah there's nothing to worry about with damian williams it's just i think they're use him as a passing down back and then have an actually legitimate running back in case something happens to him yeah, that makes sense. So I guess we have to transition to the burning question of the evening. Are you watching the game tonight? I just had to throw that one out there. I know Ashley's in her Steelers gear, even though she's a Giants fan. I'm not a Steelers fan, people. I collect vintage NFL sweatshirts, but I have my, my vintage Steelers one on. It's a really cool sweatshirt. Um, I will right, watch the game. What? I said you're right. It is cool. It is. Um, I'll watch the game. I'm itching for football, and that's really the only reason I'll watch the game. I'm not invested in it. I probably will have it on in the background um, of doing other things. Um, But I'll I'll have it on, and I'll pay some mind to it because I need football. Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) That's, That's what I'm waiting for. I was talking about it a little bit earlier. What player is Twitter going to hype up tonight? Yep. We haven't yep. seen football in how long? We're, we got a lot of good names. I can't pronounce the Dallas wide receiver name. Is it Simi Fioco? Yeah, yeah I, I butchered that one. Anthony McFarlane's up there. Jalen Samuels. There's so many names that are just – they're, they're going to be hyped up somehow. Twitter has loses their mind at any collective event. Like the Olympics are on in Twitter is like, like fantasy football Twitter finds it because they've been like wanting that and all being watching things together. So I cannot even imagine what tonight is going to look like. Yeah. It's going to be a mess. That is for sure. But I guess we're going to run through. I had one more segment on here. Just the, uh, the end of it. I think I put it on the show sheet, the breakout at ADP. Did I, Okay, I, I, I wanted to make sure because I'm having a, a headache day. but So I guess we just want to run through those quick. Uh, who you think is going to break out or bust at their ADP? We don't, we don't like to call anyone a bust in the fantasy community, you know, like I, at their ADP. I, I mean, I, I don't, but it's just one of those things, especially after their first year. Uh, looking at all those two of disbelievers. But so I guess 
Ashley, if you want to kick us off at quarterback for your breakout candidate at ADP. Yeah, um, I really like Matt Stafford this year. Um, I think his situation is really good, and I think that he's going to be a breakout candidate this year. I like that one. Mike, what, what do we got for quarterback? You know, I'm 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 big on the Tua Tagliola, uh, Tagliola um, train. I I think <laughs> I, I like him quite a bit. I, he you know just was using half the playbook last year. Didn't have wide receivers that separate. That all changes now with Jalen Waddle. Hopefully, Jalen Waddle will return shortly. But uh, you know, and then he has that trust in Jalen Waddle being former teammates and at, at Alabama. So where he's going, um, and then he can run. Also that too. So uh, I, where he's going is ADP. I can see him breaking in the top twelve. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 so. I don't know what a good word for it is. Like, I don't I don't want to call it easy, but like I feel like you find your guy, you know, in that like wide receiver like twenty five to like fifty range, and you're like, this dude, like, how is this guy in right. this range? You yeah, know what I mean? How is he here. <laughs> Yeah, like Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Rashad Bateman, like these rookies, they're all just like in the wide receiver 40 range. It's like, what what is this? You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I totally agree with you. Like, not on Jalen Waddle necessarily, but <laughs> totally on that that range of, of wide receivers. Like it's gonna be so easy. Not easy, but like one of them is gonna beat out like Adam Thielen or you know, whoever is getting drafted in that range. Yes, for sure. I mean, LaVisca Chenault was there for the longest time before Twitter True. got to him. So, but my pick would have to be probably, yeah, I want to say Cam Newton if he wins the job, but I also put Kirk Cousins just in case, you know, Mac Jones is better than we all think. I, I think they're both below QB 20 right now, if I want to say so. And I really rankings. like that Cam Newton pick. Here, you do Kirk Cousins. I'll do Cam Newton. Oh, okay. That's a you great do Cam- pick. I mean, what, what can I say? He's going to win the job. I took him in the last round of a best ball today. It felt really good. But yeah. I mean, Kirk well, he finished what drafted. QB sixteen last year. He missed four game, three or four games. Finished yeah, QB sixteen like, still, like easy QB one lock last year, and he was terrible. He was terrible, and he would have been a QB one last year. Like, I don't know. He could, he can only get better in my opinion because he was completely abysmal last year. Kobe um, got so him. the passing upside is definitely there, especially with all those weapons coming in. Like, I'm a huge Mac Jones fan, but if I, I mean, if yeah. the guy wins the job, like he wins the job, he's scoring a ton of fantasy points. It's crazy. Yeah, he was what QB seven before he was he yeah he before COVID pre COVID yeah yeah but I mean Kirk Cousins as well I mean the offense is going to score a lot like it always does Adam Thielen's still there Justin Jefferson's still there he finished what QB fourteen I think at nineteen twenty wherever he's being drafted at is a value and I, I think that's all I have to say about that because I mean there's a lot of good names but he's True. pretty safe that's in his good. ADP safe so now we, you, that's the best word you said for him I. Yeah. I, I He's smart sometimes. I'm smart. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Only sometimes. Every now and again. <laughs> Every now and again. I'll say 99% stupid Blake, stuff. Can you miss just, it? What, one, one time. <laughs> but I actually want to start from my bust the ADP because I, I feel like it's clickbait at this point. But I just got to say Patrick Mahomes. He's, he's going to do good this yes. year. He's going to be very good. But he is not going to live up to that third-round ADP. It is way too high for any quarterback. I'd rather draft Kyler Murray two or three rounds later. But so I mean, frustrating. Right? Like, I take Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill in, like, the you first or the, the second, other. and I'm like, oh, I'd love reach. to stack with Packer Mahomes, but I'm not taking him the next round no. after. 
Like it's a quarterback in a one QB league. Like I can't like that. Just so frustrating. I want him. I want him. Give him to me, but yeah. I can't. There's no way you can do that and be successful. Or you can maybe. I don't know. I'm crazy. Yeah, I also yeah. love Kyler this year. Like I think that Kyler has a really good chance of like coming close to him. I think that there there is a good chance that he does really well this year. I mean, he was last year before yeah. the shoulder. He was keeping. Yeah, he was keeping one, wasn't he? Yeah. So I mean that's what got him. But anyone have any different answers besides Patrick Mahomes? Because I feel like that was, I feel like I had to take the layup there. I think the, Russell God. Wilson. Yeah, I but I okay. I love that, but yeah. we're never gonna win. We're never no. gonna win <laughs> because he's <laughs> gonna finish like QB seven. Yep. I know. It's like we, it's one of those things that we keep weeks. saying. Yep, we keep saying, and it never happens. But I'm just going to keep saying it because I'll be right eventually. Russell Wilson is my best candidate. (laughs) It's the the dual victory He is a bust because Mm -hmm. he's going to give you six weeks of QB 20. And then he's going to give you like 10 or something weeks of QB 1. You know, or not QB 1, but like, you know, in that QB 1 range. You know, so to me, like in a a best ball, sure. Russell Wilson, take him Mm -hmm. all day. Redraft, like that's scary. That's scary, especially with what the coaches are talking about, running the ball more. They've re-signed Chris Carson. New um, offense are trying to play. Like, I don't know. They talk about Russ, let, let Russ cook, and then DK got they, – they, they couldn't uh, figure him out, and then they figured him out later after the season. I don't know. It's too too confusing for me. I'm out. I can't do that. Yeah. I like Chris Carson, though. Oh, yeah. It, it costs, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm out on Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Ooh, I like that. Um, I they're gonna for for the Ravens to advance in the playoffs and to get to the Super Bowl, they're gonna have Lamar Jackson's gonna have to learn how to be more of a pocket passer, and they're building weapons around him so he can throw the ball. So all those things are reasons why Lamar Jackson is gonna run less and throw more. And I just don't at this point trust him throwing the ball and. So once you start chipping away those points on the ground, then you, you saw what he did last year when they were trying to put him more in the pocket, and it was QB10 numbers. He finished as a QB10 last year. So it's it really those those kind of things where they, they want Lamar Jackson to do well, so you have to force him to be in the pocket more, to throw the ball more, and without those running points, he's a QB10, so why should I buy him at a QB4? Yeah, that's one of those things for me that is like the the divide between regular football and fantasy because I think there's a chance that works out in regular football, right? Like a couple interceptions that don't equal out to anything, but they still do really well. Like, you know, he's learning to be a pocket passer. He has errors, but those errors will kill you in fantasy. This is, I think Lamar Jackson this year is going to be one of those. This is the divide between regular football and fantasy football players. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great take because – Right now, underdog is our best, like, you know, source for redraft ADP. I know it's best ball, but, like, we're still early. We have the Hall of Fame game tonight. Lamar Jackson's going over Kyler Murray at this point, so I definitely agree with you. I'd take Kyler 11 times out of 10 out of those two, but. People stay hating on Kyler Murray. Honestly, honestly surprising. Yeah. Because, like, sure, you like, okay, I totally agree with you, Mike. All in with everything you said, Rashad Bateman. You draft Rashad Bateman, Talon Wallace, you bring in Sammy Watkins. You're not running the ball the same way you did last year with those guys on the team now. You're going to start throwing a little more. Even if it's just a little bit, you're going to throw a little more. 
And that decreases efficiency for Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's going to improve as a passer, which is possible. But why would, why would you bet on it when you have Kyler Murray, the mm-hmm. guy who has, de- has had DeAndre Hopkins his whole career? Well, not his whole career, but last year they have total good chemistry. And it's just like a lock for good fantasy points. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. And they get Rondell Moore, like, who, you know, if yeah. you believe in him, great. If, or if, you, if you don't, then that's fine too. But I don't know. It's crazy to me. Lamar Jackson. I really like Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to do great in the real life. But, yeah, I agree. In fantasy this year, he's going to throw a lot more. And that, you bring up a good point with um, Kyler Murray as Rondell Moore, and that adds such a dynamic to that Cardinals offense that they did not have at all in the first couple of years that Kyler Murray's been there. And that's the big reason why they drafted Rondell Moore. So, you know, hit him on a couple slant patterns and watch him run and do do the – you know, the amazing things that Rondell Moore can do. So, yeah, I'm all about Kyler Murray. He's actually my second quarterback. Josh Allen is my first, and then Patrick Mahomes is my third. Oh, I got to take a bus quarterback, don't I? You could just agree with one of us. Uh, I think <laughs> I'm going to go with Teddy. I'm going to go with Teddy. Teddy Bridgewater. I think it's totally possible he doesn't start a game this year. It's possible. And Very possible. that means he's being overdrafted. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't start a game. Drew Locke has just looked infinitely better at camp. Like I haven't seen a single good thing about Teddy in, in camp. Uh, and Drew Locke still, to my knowledge, has not thrown an interception. So I don't know. I think it's going to be awesome. Sutton to the moon. Sutton to the moon. I, I agree with that one. So Spencer, do you want to start us off with the RB breakouts at ADP? Oh, so, I mean. So, so, we don't, so we don't steal your guy. Or do you, I you can't even. <laughs> That's a fair thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, what is the RB fifteen in best ball right now? Or not RB fifteen, but ADP of fifteen, RB like I don't know, twelve maybe or eleven. Yeah, I'm smashing JT all day. Like dudes at, at minimum, he's finishing at his floor, which is RB six, what he did last year. Lock it in. See, I agree That's with it. that. I'm so I'm it at that. I kind of regret you going first because I was gonna I was gonna say the same thing because it's it's dipping as we speak. And like I said, I'm going to have a hard time not doing underdog teams and drafting them in the second round every stinking time. Yeah. I, I did today. I, I got Saquon, JT at the turn, and it, I, I felt like I was like, you know, cheating. Reaching you're fantasy cheating. football heaven. Yeah, you're cheating. Ex- exactly. Insane. It's like the people so, who had Daryl Henderson before the K-Makers injury, like when they got him in like round 15. This is like exactly what this is. You get Jonathan Taylor in round two. It's totally it's comparable. If you disagree... I don't care. No, I'm just kidding. It's not the same. It's not the same. But I'm telling you, that's my guy. That's gonna. That's that's just cool, crazy to me. Uh, I love it. You're going to have to hop in more underdog best balls. But Ashley, who who do you have for running back breakout at ADP? I really like Damian Harris this year. Um, I really think he like that low in the the people he's surrounded by at ADP are people who don't have a like a clear shot at like RB one and Damian Harris has such a clear path and it's already proving evident that he is so likely to be RB one and he is so talented and he's been catching passes and he's great on the run and I will take Damian Harris any day of the week. Yeah. Love that. Especially because you said he's catching passes. That's what yeah. we wanted to hear. Last year, year before that, I think he has three career catches, I think. Yeah. That's Maybe horrible. Five. Yeah, yeah so, five. Horrible. But he's catching passes. He's working on that part of his game. You know what I mean? James yeah. White is still there, so I'm not going to project him to score 
or to catch more than maybe 15 to 20 balls. Mm -hmm. But that's still going to help elevate that, that that floor a little bit, I think. Yeah. And I, I, I did go to Patriots training camp um, last week. Oh. And I, yeah, I live in Massachusetts um, for the summer. So I went to Patriots training camp last week. And I know it's camp, but my observations were Damian Harris was getting all of the first uh, first reps. Damian Harris was catching like crazy passes. They weren't just easy thrown passes. They were toe tap passes at the at, in the end zone. Like he was his skill level. I don't want to say he looks great on plays. Like it was just like his skill level was showing through his athleticism, which lead me even more to just want him. Yeah. And here's the thing with with Damian Harris is that he was a you know pretty good receiver for a running back out of college, and mm -hmm. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just because they have James White or what the reasons are that they just avoided that whole situation last year with him. Maybe they just wanted to break him in and didn't want to give him a lot of touches. I don't know, but Damian Harris can catch the football, so if they're using him in that situation, he's not just a guy that you're going to have cross your fingers and hope he scores touchdowns he's he's going to add that extra dynamic and being where he is now I mean that's an easy like smash pick for me because the only negative about Damian Harris right now is if Cam Newton's a starting quarterback nailed it and if Cam Newton's a starting quarterback that means he's going to be getting those guys goal line carries but Mac Jones becomes that quarterback then Damian Harris I think is is a great great choice yeah and i'm in the camp of i think mac jones he not first again i think it's somewhere i i want to say week around week four that mac jones starts starting um and becomes a consistent starter in my opinion so that's that that encourages my damian harris addiction because i have yeah. i have damian harris everywhere i can get him well, it's funny. We talk about ambiguous backfields all the time. You're looking at like mm -hmm. the Texans right now, kind of the Dolphins. Um, I don't know. And the 49ers, the Jets. Um, but we don't really talk about ambiguous quarterback situations, like in the sense of other positional players. Like Damian Harris's floor right now is what you saw last year, like 10 points a game. He's going to rush for around 100 yards. Maybe he'll get a touchdown. But this year, it could be if Mac Jones starts, you get those 100 yards and five catches and a touchdown. Now this guy's an RB1. Yep. So it's an easy lock for taking him in, like, what, the 10th or 11th round? Like, yeah, yeah. smash. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I definitely agree with that one as well. So now I have to move on to our bust. And, Mike, I'm going to let you start with this one. Who do you think is going to bust for running back this year? I you can't choose anyone that anyone else has said is breakout. <laughs> you can't do it. I'm telling you. You can do it. I, I think I know where he's going. but um, I'm going Derrick Henry. Oh, I love that so much more than what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty, pretty low on Derrick Henry this year. Mostly not because of his talent, but because the dude has had over 700 touches in the last two years. And I don't care who you are, that body's going to be breaking down. Uh, also, he doesn't catch passes, as we know. Um, all his points are derived from his legs and getting into the end zone. I do believe that they're going to be throwing a lot more and taking sort of what they did with Ezekiel Elliott last year was – they, they pulled back the carries because Elliott was accumulated so many carries the last couple seasons that they wanted Dak Prescott to throw more and relieve, you know, his legs and all that kind of stuff. I, I see the same thing with um, um, Tannehill, where he's going to be throwing a lot more. 
That's why they brought in Julio Jones. That's, you know, A.J. Brown, those kind of things. So I see a lot less carries from Derrick Henry, which means a lot less points since he doesn't catch the ball, um, less touchdowns. And I, I, I kind of see him being out a few weeks, too, And you know, just because 700-plus touches is just way too many. I don't care what what he looks like, you know, on the field as far as – him being built differently, which I don't even know what the heck that no different. Yeah, okay. yeah, this is like such a lame excuse. Um, but yeah, I Derrick Henry uh, as an RB four is is my bust for sure. Are you even counting playoffs too? Well, that's in that seven hundred. Yes. Yeah. Playoffs. Kind of playoffs? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then um, I thought he hit over four hundred last year alone. No, and, like with postseason included. Um, I think it was like three something it was like 320 330 and then 330 yeah yeah that was just like and then um the previous year when they went to the abc championship it was like oh 70 or something like that do you count targets too i did yes you counted targets or catches just curious oh catches i'm sorry okay yeah so i'd count targets because there's usually contact or not not always but usually you know so like sure. i remember there was like some study i don't want to get in the rabbit hole i'll talk to you about it after i, I think i know <laughs> what you're talking about where a player who has 300 or more carries yeah before he usually fall falters off to at least well, half, half the i was actually thinking about from high school to nfl if you, i think i can't remember the exact number i think it's like 1800 or 20 no 2100 i think once you hit around that many touches like targets and, and carries, you're you start to die. Like it's kind of like the dead zone where the cliff is like imminent. Um and Ezekiel Elliott's actually way closer uh than Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry is definitely right up there. Yeah. Exactly. Ashley, can you follow up Derrick Henry and not say the guy that Spencer was thinking of? <laughs> <laughs> I I think I might get in trouble for this, but I think it's DeAndre Swift. I think oh, no. a lot of people are pretty high on DeAndre Swift, and I am not. I just think it doesn't – like, I don't want to say they don't have confidence in him, but, like, they they were, like, shopping around for a bit. Like, they – I just don't like the way it's shaping up. Um, and I think he really only showed us flashes of greatness. It wasn't consistent greatness that I'd be drafting him where I see people drafting him right now. Um, so I am – I think DeAndre Swift is going to be a bust um, at his ADP. That makes me so sad because he is <laughs> the player that I'm most exposed to on underdog right yeah. now. At the end of the third round, every time I sit there, I'm like, I'm going to take DeAndre Swift again, aren't I? Uh -huh. and every, every time it happens, because I, I just can't think of anyone else. I don't like that receiver range of like, you know, Chris Godwin and whatnot, but that that's upsetting just to me. But Chris I, Godwin and be happy. Yeah. I, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe next time, Spencer. Maybe next time, Spencer. No, what, who do you great. got? Sometimes a player is cheaper because he's supposed to be cheaper. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I remember back in January, February time frame, it was Swift versus Gibson, and anybody who said Gibson over Swift was crazy. Best ball ADP right now. It's like a two round difference because people woke up. They realized, oh snap! I mean, I'm sure the Matthew Stafford thing hurt a little bit, but it wasn't that much. I remember when it immediately happened. People were not out on Swift. But then mm -hmm. the best ball started, people showing what they really wanted to invest into. And you see right now, he's just not, he just doesn't have, he didn't show what I needed to see with his legs last year. Like that's the thing that bothers me. And now he's going into a worse team 
You know what I mean? I, I can't. I can't buy him. I can't buy him. I'm totally with you. Dynasty though, I love him. I love him in Dynasty. Yeah. Redraft though, I I, yeah. I don't like him this year at all. For sure. I mean, my target's a little later. You you guys are coming with some of the spicy takes. I want to say Mike Davis, just yeah. because. Oh, yeah. Love that. Is he gonna keep his job? Like I saw something on Twitter. I, I wish I could mention who it was, but like people are hyping up Quadri Allison. Oh my think... god. Okay, that's too far for me. Yeah, that's too I'm far not for me. Okay, I'm not saying that's the reason. <laughs> I they're gonna be down a lot. They're gonna be throwing the ball a lot, and I just think Calvin Ridley is just gonna. I I think it wouldn't surprise me if he finishes wide receiver one. I don't think it'd surprise anyone if he finishes as the overall wide receiver one, but. I don't want to dig too far, but I just think Mike Davis is going to regress, and they only gave him one. What was it? One point five guaranteed. Wasn't a big number, so that's that's why I'm out. I'd rather draft like Travis Etienne in that range. Yeah, well, here, I agree. Here's even a more of a problem for Mike Davis. Uh, Mike Davis is more of a end around runner, and the Falcons are going to be a gap powered offense so it's like uh the the square peg and the round hole don't don't match here uh i i do believe and one of the reasons they were looking at deontay foreman is they're going to need someone to, to run those gaps and mike davis to me is more of a third down kind of back who can carry the load at times but just has never been able to make long stretches of being a starting running back he he faltered last year after a really good start. Um, I just don't think he's built to be a 16, 17 game starter. I think he's more of a guy that can come in for stretches and start, but and catch the ball, but not for the long duration. Is he built the same? Not different. I was gonna... he, he's, he's built differently. <laughs> he's built but not the, the same. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But so I guess Spencer, did you choose one? Did I? Did I miss that? I'll hop on to um, DeAndre. Just hop on the DeAndre Swift train. Yeah, that was a good one. You, you, you explained it well enough. That was a good choice, except for me. But so breakout wide receiver we got up next. And I, I don't know who wants to lead here. I, I guess Mike could lead here with breakout wide receiver. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, let's see here. I'm looking at ADP right now. And, you know, I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. I think yes. his ADP is way too low. Yep. Here's a guy that, that catches 100 passes per season. Um, the only reason why he sort of had a down year last year was he only caught three touchdowns. But if you look at his previous years, he's up where near nine or ten um, and just had a fluke year. I mean, Drew, Drew Brees had a fluke year, you know, five, four years ago when he only threw like 22 touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, I mean, these players have fluke years. Touchdowns are not something that's consistent year in and year out. Cooper Cup had his down year last year, which means he's going to be back to where he normally is this year. And you have Matthew Stafford. So it, it, it's really why why when he's going at a wide receiver 19-20, I'm all over that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I like Cooper that. Cup stands to benefit a lot from Stafford being there. I think just his route tree, um, you know, just the way he plays the game. Um, I also just love having Cooper Cups on a Cooper Cup on my team. Um, I love watching Cooper Cup play. Like he's one of those players that I love to watch just play football. Um, and I think that that Cooper Cup is also dealing with this like invisible knee in injury. Um, it was never anything serious. It was always just a little bit of like 
pain. Um, you know, they, they did testing on him. Everything was fine. So I think out, that was a, a, a contributing factor to him having a little bit of an off year. Um, but with Stafford there and it, an off season full of rehab, I think Cooper Cup is has like nothing but upside. I think Cooper Cup is going to way exceed his ADP this year. I like that selection. I mean, as for myself, I have a rookie making the list, and I think Spencer knows where I'm going. I'm all in on Jamar Chase. Actually, I don't know if I can say that because I've seen people on Fantasy Pros rank him as wide receiver four. I can't do that. I have him at four in four in redraft. Nah, just I, kick him yeah. off the site. I, I, I have him higher than consensus. I have him at 13, and I felt like that was an okay spot to put him being high on him. Like, I think Joe Burrow and him, they had a special connection in college. We can't ignore that. I would say I, eight. Thir- for my ranking? Around? Yeah, yeah. I put him at 13. 13? Yeah, no, I've seen people go way higher. See, that's but what I want to say. That means that, that he could exceed that. He, that means he could he exceed could that, exceed yeah. That. yeah. Well, he's at wide receiver 21 right now in the ADP, and I think he easily exceeds that. I think that's a bargain. I was I was writing an article the other day about that. And I was writing about their Judge uh, Mar Chase, and the season he and Burrow had only happened 15 times in college, 20 touchdowns. 15 mm-hmm. times. Special chemistry that those two have. And going at, what is the back end of the fourth is, I'm trying to do numbers in my head. I'm not good with numbers. But the, the season they had is special, and we can't ignore that. Yeah, around there. But we just can't ignore that, and I think that's what that's what I got. I mean, even though Burrow is concerning, I, I forgot to bring that up. Those training camp reports of him not being not good, not being 200% there with the mental – but you, you got to think he, he's going to turn on. It's going to take him a couple of weeks and you just hope for the best. Yeah. I, I, I talked about that um, on Twitter and to basically anyone who would listen that there is a, a serious mental component to getting hurt. Um, and, and from what we're hearing, it feels like he's in that, that place that, um, that a lot of injured players go is that they have this, um, you know, you're, you, they so heavily, especially because it's their job, they so heavily tie their identities to sport. And when you mm-hmm. can't play and you're hurt and, um, I mean, think about it. I mean, all of us have gotten hurt playing sports before. Think about how bad that felt. Like, you know, like you tie your identity to sport and then you get hurt and you can't play and your team's doing it without you. And and I really just hope he has like the resources and, and the the people around him to, to bring that mental up. And then I think if that happens that he can do really good. But I over anything i just hope that he's like okay that had to be like a big factor right because we remember like back in may or april when burrow was like i want jamar chase i don't want penny so yeah. well he, I don't, he didn't say that but he said i want jamar chase and i feel like they had to factor that in right like yeah. they know mental like there's so many smart people in this industry that mm-hmm. you know i mean yourself included obviously you're preaching it um, that they had to know, like that would be great for him, yeah. like to develop with, especially because he's former, new, yeah. he's not established, yeah. right? Like it's not like he's been playing in this league for ten years and he he's requesting somebody. He's new. He doesn't, you know, he and he got hurt, so had to, he didn't get the chance to develop those connections like he did with Jamar Chase, you know. So to yeah. say, I I'm having I'm struggling a little bit. I really think I need someone to help me get back to myself and the cure the quarterback you want me to be, and that's why you need to get me Jamar Chase. Yeah, I'm super I, I like excited. I, I mean, I am too. Spencer, who do you got? Uh, I will take a second-year wide receiver. Um, Brandon Ayuk, dude's ADP has mm-hmm. been rising lately for good reason. Finally got him above Chase Claypool now, even though I love Chase Claypool. 
Um, but I just feel like the dude who averages 15 fantasy points per game as a rookie is going to be a stud. Like, I just feel like that's written in the, in the 10 commandments of football. Like you score 15 fantasy points per game, your rookie year, you're going to be a stud. Um, I don't know. I just think it's crazy. I, th- I don't think it matters who's throwing the football. Um, I don't think it matters if Debo or George Kittle is playing. The guy's going to eat. When when Debo was out last year, or when Debo was playing, Ayuk averaged more points than when he wasn't. But Kittle, when Kittle was playing, he did average three less fantasy points per game. Um, so I mean, there's a little bit of concern. But like when they were when they were both out, Debo and uh, Kittle. He saw similar numbers to when neither of them were out. So I don't I'm not worried at all about too many miles to feed. I just think the offense is gonna be high powered and that defense is gonna keep the offense on the field a lot. So should be a lock. I just feel like the dude's a lock. Like he's gonna be a wide receiver one this year. It's like that easy. I don't know. I'm crazy. I love that <laughs> dude's gonna be so good. <laughs> so th- that brings us to our bus correctly. Right Mike, oh no, we started with Mike. I'm losing, I'm losing my mind over here. Me, uh, Ashley, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I won't say too much. I just, it's Rashad Bateman is mine. I, I love Rashad Bateman. I really think he's he. I don't think he's gonna like smash his ADP in in half and go be you know the best in the league. But I think he's going to outperform his um his ADP. I think he's going somewhere around like wide receiver 55 um least, yeah. yeah um and i've seen him go way late and go undrafted and i i don't know i really like him i think that his uh, he's another one of those guys that i just I, the skill for me is is there and i think that he's gonna do really well this year so so now that brings us to our bus. <laughs> i'm losing track over here i have a couple of layups so i think i'm gonna go last spencer we're gonna start with you who, who who's the bust you got i will take the layup dude Nicole hardman thank you stop. <laughs> stop give up he's nothing he's not gonna do it i'm telling you don't do it again just let him be there don't care if the adp says that you needed to take him 50 picks ago don't do it like rashad bateman's going after elijah moore rondo moore all these, all these super high upside guys, Jalen Waddle might be ahead of him, but all these other super high upside guys, Corey Davis, like just take someone who's at least done something before, or 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 has done absolutely nothing before, so it's a total surprise. I would rather draft Byron Pringle than McCall Hartman because I don't know what that kid's gonna do, and I don't know. That's just so crazy to me. I don't know how McCall Hartman is still at this point in in drafts. It's insane to me. I agree. He's also half a round ahead of Jalen Waddle. Yeah, that's wondering. just ridiculous. Like, that makes no sense. The guy has never scored over, I think, 20 fantasy points. Never. Not one time. And he's, what, been four years now? Three, four years? Like, that's not a best ball guy. That's not a guy you want in best ball. Remember, it was, it was oh, when Tyreek gets hurt. And then it was, oh, Sammy Watkins is gone. And it's, it's just not going to happen for him. No. Ashley, who, who do you have? There's there's a couple other layups, honestly. There's a couple. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't like Juju. I think I've seen him go still high. I do, I don't like Juju. I'm not on board with that. Forty. What? He's been. I, I've seen him go in so high ball. this year. In oh yeah, ball. I've seen in him go. He's wide receiver forty. Yeah, no, I've seen him go. Yeah, so then I wouldn't choose him. I like just from what I've seen him being drafted in like 
the third round. Like I don't, mm. that I can't get on board with. I think he's going to do a lot worse than that. I, I am not on board with Juju this year. Yeah, that's fair. What? It's hard with this best ball redraft season coming around, mm-hmm. differentiating between the two. Yep. That's like all the data we have to look at right now because yeah. only a couple of people have done their redrafts and we don't really know the boards yet. But Mike, who do you have? I have a feeling who you're going to go he with. He has a cat. I have a cat. <laughs> um, he's a Dallas cat. It's uh, Amari Cooper. Ooh. I just see C.D. Lamb just taking over this offense. Uh, I agree. And he's he's going to be completely dominant. I mean, I like Cooper, uh, but he's just been – his whole career has been inconsistent. And normally he finishes in that, like, wide receiver 15 range, but that's because he's only been the only wide receiver there. So with C.D. Lamb now, I think taking over that wide receiver one spot, you're mixing in a wide receiver two with inconsistency. And that's usually a formula for, you know, wide receiver 33 at his skill level. I dig that. I'm surprised you guys saved a layup for me. I don't like DK Metcalf at wide receiver six. That's a good and I know, I know I'm going to get burned on it, just like you guys said about Russell Wilson with the uh, quarterback seven or whatever it was. But like you said, Spencer, defenses are figuring them out. I don't think I need to go on much more of a spiel there. But, I mean, it's, a, it's so high. It's before A.J. Brown, before Justin Jefferson, before even Keenan Allen, who I really like this year over him. There's just so many names after him that I like so much better and i yeah. i can't justify taking dk in the second especially i didn't dude aj brown he crashed he plummeted after julio jones came i don't get that like yeah that he, i feel like most people are in the camp of like oh that really hurt aj brown or b that really helped aj brown like the defenses aren't going to be all over him this year but i just don't even understand how you can drop him like four three to four picks because Julio Jones comes to the team. Like, it's just better. They're going to throw more, and he's going to be open more. Like, they actually have an offense instead of just Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. Like, you have 11 guys now that aren't going to only be on two guys. Like, I don't know. It's just crazy to me. I I take A.J. over uh, D.K. any day of the week. I I also just think with with that offense, right? Like Tyler Lockett has the chance to eat up those shares. So it's like, um, like it, there were weeks that they were dead. Even there were weeks that one of them was better that the other one was better that. And, and again, like you said earlier, like it's, it's it, the whole offense is kind of ambiguous right now. Right. Like they, they're saying they're going to do these things. They're, they're putting their faith in one player. They're testing out new things that, that I, yeah. DK at where he's going right now. I don't think I could take him. Scary. Yeah. I'm buying the dip on AJ Brown too, just like with Jonathan Taylor. AJ Brown was going at what the one-two turn almost before yeah. this stuff was going on. Yeah. Now he's the back end of round two. That's that's an easy, you know, smash pick every day. Yeah. And I guess that moves us on to, to tight end, which hmm. I mean, can we all just cheat and say Travis Kelsey and call it a day? Like it's it's gonna happen again. But anyway. Ashley, we'll start with you for the tight end breakouts. Yeah, I'll I'll ride with literally everybody else on the universe currently and say um, Troutman. I think that he's going to do really well this year. Um, I think some people are going too far with it. I will say that, um, but I I do think he is is going to have a great year. Um, you know, he's declared a tight end one. Um, he we know he can put up good numbers. That I just I I do have faith that he's going to do really well this year. The thing I like like from him the most is in college, he did it. You know, like that's what I like about him the most. The thing I like about him the least is he's not 
like the kind of guy I really like as a tight end. He's not the mm-hmm. exact size athleticism that I like, mm-hmm. but that's fine in redraft. It's all touchdown dependent. Mm-hmm. And with Michael Thomas out, like it's totally his opportunity to eat right now. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes it like, like having that different physique tricks defenses. So it, it can work in his favor. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I, I definitely agree. They also traded up to get him. I, Every time someone mentions Adam Troutman, I feel like I have to mention that they traded up to get him. Draft capital matter. matters. Is that right, Spencer? No, <laughs> trading up don't matter, though. <laughs> like, you can say the draft, he had good draft capital because he, he was a round two guy, right? I believe so. Either that yeah, or round three. I'm 99% sure he was a round two guy, but that doesn't change. Like, he traded up, but he was round two. He was round two. That's it. Someone um, actually I'm just gonna... did a great article on that, but I don't know who or where. I'm gonna keep it was on. It was on running backs who got traded up for. Apparently, oh, I know Javante Williams is in the sweet spot. It's the beginning of the second. You get traded up to the beginning of the second. Apparently, quote unquote. I'm sure it's a terrible sample size, but apparently you have a good opportunity. Agreed. So, Mike, who who do you have for your tight end breakout? I think whoever is the starting tor- uh, tight end at in the Dallas. I, I don't know why I'm so Dallas heavy. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Their ADPs yeah, are good. good. <laughs> and um, now Blake Darwin. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Dak Prescott loves to go to the tight end. And they, they're they like tight end 24. I mean, basically you can get these guys for free. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I, I do believe that the starting tight end in Dallas could put up top 12 numbers whatever that means for tight ends, three touchdowns in like yeah, three touchdowns in 50 yards. Like yeah. <laughs> it's almost like non-negotiable, but um, yeah, it, I, I, I like the Cowboys tight ends this year. Big fan of Blake Jarwin. It could be Dalton Schultz, but I like Blake Jarwin a lot for sure. Me too. Uh, my guy, I want to say Noah fan. I'm not it. going to, I'm not going to because I think there's a guy who he's probably resurging now, but as of like right now, Still being somewhat slept on. Robert Tunyon, like nothing's changed for my dude. Rodgers is already back at camp. Like, you know what I mean? Like what scared us off was Rodgers not being there because this man only scores touchdowns, but Rodgers is back. So that means touchdowns. I don't know. It's just crazy to me that he's so far back still. Like, I just feel like he needs to be up there with the top like 10 guys at least. Yeah. I agree. He's he's getting close though. He's at eleven. He's still creeping. Is he up. at eleven? I mean, I'd put him at like, I don't know, seven, six. Like, dude's gonna score to touchdowns, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Offense is still good. It's still the same. Aaron Rodgers. The same exact mad. offense. Yeah, it's the same exact offense. Except they added Amari Rodgers, who's doing horrible in camp. So who cares? I was gonna mention Darren Waller at twenty-two. I feel like I have to bring that up because a there's one. a chance he outscores Kelsey this year, and I think it's more real than most people realize no one's really talking about it i i think he could he's not i don't know if he's gonna but gotta put that out there he is the number one target in i almost said oakland in vegas he has john brown only competing with targets maybe Kenyon drake that's it they're gonna be down a lot defense isn't good i I don't know what more i have to say he's gonna get the lion's share tight end too easy if you draft him as tight end one i i don't you know find a complaint in that but yeah I think he had a really, 25% snap share or target share last year. Yeah. Like that could go up. 28%, he probably beats Kelsey. You know what I mean? Maybe a touchdown or two more. So it's totally in the realm of possibilities. Exactly. 
So I, I want to lead off with Spencer for the last category with the with the busts because I know exactly who he's gonna say and I'm just gonna let him let him have at it. Please That's go ahead crazy. and t- tell us why that uh, top five overall pick is not gonna pan out this season. You're gonna just give me the slam dunk. That's crazy. I'm gonna give you the slam dunk. I I had it. You, <laughs> you when we bring up him on this show, you get so angry. So I, I, I almost have to don't even do want to talk about it. <laughs> you don't even want to talk about it. I pick you somebody pick else. Someone else. No, yeah, Kyle Pitts. I don't know what this. I don't know what's going on. This is too. It's too crazy. I don't know. I don't know if this has ever happened in fantasy football before. But there had to be someone like me when it did happen, saying the same things I'm saying and just like pulling their hair out. Like I just don't. He's not going to live up to those expectations. He just cannot. It's not possible. I. That's that's where I'm at with it. He's not a wide receiver. I don't care how many times you say he's a wide receiver. He's not. He's a tight end. He's not putting up wide receiver numbers. It's just not going to happen. I had to let you have your slam dunk moment. I we've we've praised me and Matt praised uh, Kyle Pitts too much on this show to not let you have your moment at least before the season started. <laughs> so so Ashley, who who do you have for your tight end bust? You know, I'm going to stick on brand just for you. Oh, I know what's coming now. I know, I know, I know all these answers. I shouldn't even ask the question. Sticky. <laughs> Oh, like, I like that. He's not. I there was like, I don't a crazy amount of not a crazy amount, but there's a lot of people hyping him up this year. I do think that Tua does better, Mike. I, I agree. I think that I mean he came out like two weeks ago and said he didn't even know the playbook and he was just kind of winging it. Um, so I do think that there's a possibility that helps Gasicki. I hate Gasicki with a burning passion, and if it was, I had to draft him everywhere. I would probably stop playing fantasy football i do not i i can't i can't like him i'm sorry i don't think he's gonna do well this year it's probably a lot of my bias coming through but i'm gonna stick with it got, got a stick with the gut <laughs> like who do you got really uh i have george kittle in this situation um i number one i can't trust him to be healthy number two i really don't know who his quarterback's going to be and number three, it's, you know, I see a lot of Brandon Ayuk coming up. I see Debo Samuel. Um, you, and you just can't rely on your tight end to be your, your number one pass catcher, just like you can't rely on your running back to be your number one pass catcher. So it's, it's one of those things where at it's more of an ADP kind of thing than actually his skill, you know, because once you get past like Kyle Pitts and it just becomes, you know, who cares? Um, and I know George Kittle is probably better than, you know, half these, you know, guys, but it's just, I, I just can't trust them at it at an ADP of number three. I, I have them like tight in five or six right now. This is a classic case of the, what we were talking about with Lamar Jackson and like real football versus fantasy football. Right. George Kittle, in my opinion, is by far and away the best tight end in, in football. Like there's no one that's better at the whole, like the all encompassing tight end responsibilities but he's just not as good as a pass catcher as Darren Waller or Travis Kelsey I'm not going to say Kyle Pitts but the the ceiling is probably a little higher for Kyle Pitts even though a fan and Tony J Hawkinson in my opinion like George Kittle's on their level as far as pass catching so it's hard when you're on the field all the time and you're getting banged up blocking all the time because you're so good at it compared to Travis Kelsey who's like not bad at it but he's not He's not the guy that they're using all the time for that. They'd rather have him out in the field. So kind of like Rob Gronkowski earlier in his career, and now he's yep. started to work into blocking. You know what I mean? Like 
you're not going to waste that by having a block. Whereas with George Kittle, they're like, oh, we have Debo or or, or now we have Ayuk. Like, so I totally get the concern. Though. That's totally fair. I do still take him tight end three every time. Like if I'm in the second round or going into the third round, um, if he's there, because I, I, I agree with you after Kyle Pitts, it's terrible. Um, but oh, well. It's definitely terrible. You guys left me with uh, two layups. To, they, you left me with a choice. I, I appreciate you all for doing that. I have Tyler Higby and Logan Thomas listed here, and I think I want to go with Higby because Thomas just got the extension. Why is, why is Tyler Higby tight end eight? He's is it not. just because Matt Stafford's his quarterback? This man, correct me if I'm wrong, he has never produced at a high level except for like that one game where he tore up my Eagles for like, like three touchdowns. Yeah, the, yeah. That one game. But it's just ridiculous. I know tight end's a wasteland. His ADP is ahead of Noah Fant, your guy, which is so egregious. Crazy. It's egregious in my mind because Noah Fant definitely has the higher ceiling. I'm trying to look if there's any other games where Tyler Higby went, you know, crazy, and I just forgot about it. But he had a crazy too. A couple of years ago, where he went, um, he had like three or four 100 yard games. I think it was at the end of the season, right? Yeah, it was like weeks like ten through fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, I remember that. that effect. Um, but he didn't do anything before that. He hasn't done anything after that. Um, and I think a lot of reasons come to the fact that too, it's just Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett's now in Seattle, and Matthew Stafford. And it does two reasons why I think plus again, you know, after the tight end five, it's it's a roll the dice whatever you, know, yeah. you just really you know you could put these guys in any order that you want so it's almost moving cups you know you just put whatever order you want and it's probably going to come out that way yeah i definitely agree but i, I mean I, I like mark andrews tj hawkinson after the with the four slot like a lot more than i like the other guys but that's about it so i guess that concludes our our show ashley if you want to remind the people one more time where they could find you yeah, of course. You can find me on Twitter at Ashley underscore Marie with two A's at the beginning. Um, you could find some of my stuff on the Undroppables. Um, it's just at the Undroppables on Twitter. Make sure to follow their TikTok at the Undroppables. And um, yeah, just stay tuned to have some great things coming before the season starts. Yep, gotta gotta mention the clubhouse with Regina. Oh yes, and I always do. You guys crushing and it over there. I know, and and clubhouse um, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, Regina Wright and I host a and, and a couple of lovely ladies host um, a room in clubhouse called She Loves Football. It's open to anybody, but especially if you're a woman looking for a safe space to talk about sports and not be judged and and ask any questions you want. Um, uh, like I said, open to everyone, but um, ladies for sure feel free it's a great safe space and we do a lot of great things we're we had a, a best ball draft this week we have a lineup league next month we um, do trivia nights we have a lot of fun so that's wednesdays at 8 p.m eastern on clubhouse and we that's wear awesome pink win. yeah <laughs> fully we wear endorse pink that. on wednesdays yeah exactly mike where can the people find you twitter rfl red zone fantasy intervention undroppables pff Rota underworld the list goes on and on and on and on. It's like the Mount Everest. Of yeah. And then you're just like, they added a new face above it, and it's just you. I'll Pretty soon all the, all the spots aren't going to fit in the bio. No, he's yeah. the core standing in front of the Mount Rushmore, like taking a selfie. Oh, with it. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's solid. That's solid. Well, that concludes our show. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. From myself and Spencer and our guests, peace. Peace.